Welcome back to the show. There's a whole to-do list today. Um, I mean, for starters, the fairy tale story of the Giants comes to an end for now. Uh, they just got beat down in Philadelphia by just a better team. So we'll get to that. As for the Jets, Aaron Rodgers becoming a real conversation. Uh, it could be complicated. We'll try to take you through that as well. Uh, the Knicks barely hang on last night with a pretty big win at home over uh, Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers. And obviously, we're going to make some picks and try to dissect these uh, conference round uh, games coming up as best as we can. With all that, Sam, what's going on? What's going on, Matt? Uh, definitely a lot to get to. Um, and look, first and foremost, it's the Giants. It has to be. Uh, 38-7 to loss in Philly. Uh, the game was over before it started. 14 nothing in the first quarter. Uh, look, let's be honest. You said it perfectly. They got beat by a better team. I, I think that a lot of people were kind of were digging into the X's and O's of that game, what the Giants could have done or didn't do better, blah, blah, blah. But I think it just boils down to the Eagles are just better. Uh, I don't think the – but I will say this. Eagles are better, but I definitely think the Giants deserve to be there. I don't think it was a – I don't think the Giants are a fluke. I think they have a great coach. Daniel Jones is playing out of his mind. They have a great weapon in Saquon Barkley. Uh, their defense played very well. Dexter Lawrence, second team all pro. Uh, look, it, it was definitely a humbling experience if you're a Giant fan. And personally, I watched with one of my good friends that is an Eagles fan, and uh, even he was saying the whole time, the Eagles are just a better team than the Giants. And that's just what it is. They have the better quarterback. Uh, I think the only place the Giants are better is probably running back. That's probably it. Yeah, um, and I agree with you. I don't think um, the Giants are a fluke, but had Minnesota not existed, I mean, the Giants would be king fraudulence, right? Sure, but I I think that, you know, we we said this going into the playoffs that, you know, you get to the playoffs and you kind of need to just throw away everything that happened, and that's like your new season, in my mind. So the fact that you can go... Look, if they won a game at MetLife and it was like a disgusting, you know, 14 to 13 game that they won, I would kind of agree with you. But they went into Minnesota, beat the Vikings, out, obviously outscored them, but outplayed a very high-powered offense. Um, I think there's something to be said about that. The Giants are, look, even at the at the worst, I think they're a fringe playoff team. Yeah, so like we said, I mean, just wire to wire, they got beat down, but so, you know, there's not much to talk about in-game, but there is one thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, you remember last week we kind of talked about just these coaches just getting way too cute and they outsmart themselves. After the Eagles drive down the field and score to, to begin the game and the Giants go for it at, I forget, but like almost midfield, do you think that was more just mm -hmm. absolute desperation, like we have to go score for score right now or this game's over? Or do you think that was another example of just silly NFL coaching? So I'll say this because I've struggled with this, that situation. Even at the time, I was kind of like mixed feelings about that. I, I'll, if you're playing the Eagles in Philly, if you get that play, if you get that fourth and eight play, it, it's a huge momentum swinger. Huge. And I think that when you're in no man's land like that, I don't necessarily hate that. However, if I think the benefit and what obviously Monday morning quarterback, what should have been done is you should have pinned them back, you know, to their 10 within their 10 to even five yard line and made them drive 95 yards to score. 
but at the same time, like this is this was just directly went on in my head when I was watching this. At the same time, it's like you know, even if even if the worst thing happens where you don't get the the first down, which is exactly what happened, and they score, it was still the first quarter. Like you have three quarters to make it up, and I think that if that was in the third quarter, I would be much more. I would I would say, why are they doing this? But the first quarter, with all the time in the world to make up, uh, even like I think. Honestly, I think Dable really – that's confidence in his defense more than it is confidence in his offense, to be honest. And obviously they put up 38 points. It's tough to say now that they he was confident in their defense. But I think that at the time, Dable's thinking, well, we got a good defense, fully healthy, midfield. We they When we need a stop, they've been getting us stops recently. And I think that's what he thought. Didn't get the stop. They go down the field and score. And I think the next drive, Daniel Jones threw the interception, I believe. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it as much as other people hated it is what I'll say. Well, but when, what did you feel about well, it? But when you say like, okay, well, even if we don't get it here, there's three quarters to make it up. They were essentially trying to make up one touchdown in the first quarter. So wouldn't you just pin them and say, listen, we have the rest of the game to start scoring points. Yeah, but I think you're, you're looking at it too much of a, uh, literal like numbers game. Whereas I'm looking at more of like a momentum feeling game. Where it's like you, you if you get that, it's a very high risk, high reward play for sure. But if you get that and you can stop that Eagles momentum, who quite like think about it, the Eagles drove down the Giants' throat the first drive, and then the Giants were struggling to pick up three yards of play. They have to get eight, and they go for it. So not only let's say they again, let's say they got that. Not only do they get the first down and continue to drive, they also show that the Eagles. They also show the Eagles that hey, we can we can pick up eight yards at a clip if we really want to. Uh, and I, look, I just think that if I'm if I'm on an, if I'm in the offense, if you're on the Giants' offense, I think that's the play call you want. To be quite honest, yeah. I mean, was, I didn't like it, but I I also might just be just be biased right now, just because of everything that we talked about going on in the NFL. And I just I, I don't know. I just to me, it just felt kind of kind of silly. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. They, well, they a lot, a lot. I I get I get that I'm in the minority, but uh, but yeah. So the the Giants. 38-7, uh, it's going to be Eagles fans aren't going to shut up about it until I don't I don't even know until the Giants beat them again, which if you look when the last time they played when they were fully healthy and both teams had full rosters, it was the same very similar kind of game to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh the Eagles beat them down. Um aside from that week 18 whatever you want to call it, but hey, if you're a Giant fan, great season. I mean, you had some. You had a stretch there where you thought a lot of people thought they weren't going to win another game, uh, and and here they are with a playoff win. So uh, I think it's a good season for the Giants. Obviously, would you have liked to win that game and keep playing? Obviously, you're. But again, I think you were playing with house money, and that's it. I think that's how Giant fans need to look at it. Um, I don't want to harp too much on the Giants though, because like we said, we've already spoken about Barkley. We've already spoken about Daniel Jones. Let's talk about some of these other games because. Definitely some interesting games that went on this weekend. Uh, the Jaguars and the Chiefs, I think I need to eat a lot of crow here because I think Trevor Lawrence played a great game. And he hung in there with Mahomes and Chad Henney. And I guess the one thing I'll say about this game before I hand it over to you is the most important drive of that game was nothing of Patrick Mahomes doing. That 98-yard drive by Chad Henney when Mahomes gets off the field is something that if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, they might need to give Chad Henney two rings. Yeah, that that was really that was really something. And then you have to see all the the jokes about how uh, you know they they run their offense better behind a Chad Henney. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Trevor, system Trevor, system quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Trevor Lawrence did play really well. Uh, the Jaguars, just like you said about the Giants, that's a team that belonged for sure. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was all over the Chiefs in that game. They did not cover. But Yep, did not cover. Of course. I mean, they hate covering. So, But, look, they the Chiefs, newfound running game with Isaiah Pacheco, Rutgers legend. Uh, another Giants legend, Kadarius Tony, I thought made a couple nice plays. He had five catches for 36 yards. But Travis Kelsey, 14 catches, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, if you're a defense, like, how are you not playing Calvin Johnson coverage on this guy? I just don't even think you could stop him when he gets into any sort of open space. He's just he's just too big. He's too yeah. Quick well, for his, his rack is crazy. Yeah, anytime you see him catch a you know a ten yard pass over the middle, I mean, he has a chance to take it all the way. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's and and obviously you pair that with the arm of Mahomes that can hit anyone on a deep route at any time from absolutely any angle and on any amount of limbs, as we clearly saw this week with a with a high ankle sprain. It was diagnosed. That was a gross looking injury, by the way. I mean, yeah. not like. Obviously not as gruesome as some other ones, but just like the, I feel like every, a majority of people have, you know, rolled their ankle or sprained their ankle at some point in time. And that's a bad one. I mean, I, rolling your ankle outwards is one thing. Rolling your ankle inwards with someone laying 300 pounds yeah. on it is another thing. Um, but look, I think that obviously the Chiefs are contenders year in and year out. Mahomes going to his fifth straight uh, conference championship. Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's really – I saw a debate on Twitter the other day that was, what's more impressive, Mahomes going to five straight conference championships or LeBron going to eight straight finals? I think it's LeBron, but I think it's, it's – the how impressive it is is the fact that it's even in the same conversation. Yeah. Uh, you spoke to their uh, newfound running game uh, behind uh, our guy. That That's something they're really going to have to lean on here because I really do foresee that angle being an issue. Um Come next week. I, like, I really do. I think that if he's 50% of himself, uh, they're not the same team. Yeah. And look, maybe uh, what's the uh, over-under on Chad Henney snaps this week? <laughs> Probably two. Point five. Yeah. I would, I'm taking the point five because if they blow out the uh, – let's say they, they blow out the Bengals and Chad Henney comes in for to take a knee. Yeah. I'll take that. I'd take that. those odds right there. Also, Minus 110 uh, at .5 snaps for Chad Henney. There's also some rule where, like, I think if the quarterback's helmet were to come off, then he has to sit out a play or something like that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Chiefs, obviously, to no one's surprise, in the conference championship. The next game, we get into Sunday. This was a, I would say, a shocker to many. Given everything that happened with the Bills, DeMar Hamlin, the last time these teams played, uh, to put up 10 points at home and I mean, really like that was, that could have been the ugliest game the Bills played all year. Really? Uh, I mean, 10 points at home. I'd be, I, I obviously haven't, you know, watched every single Bills game, but I would be stunned if they have scored less than 10 points at home at all this season. Yeah. I mean, we talked about the Bills the last, I don't know, couple of months and we just kind of talked about how they just don't feel like the same team that they were in the first half. I just, I want to get to the bottom of what happened to the Bills. Because, listen, they're still great, and they obviously still belong there. And I think if they play that game ten times, the Bills might win five or six times. But I, I just they just look kind of, I, I don't want to say sloppy, but they're not like this scary offense that they that they were. I mean, is it the Josh Allen elbow? Is it 
well, you're right. And I think that there's a couple things that went into it. Yes, it is the Josh Allen elbow. I think that was one. Two, they don't have a running game. Devin Singletary, 6 for 24. James yeah. Cook, 5 for 13. They, they're they so quick to just abandon the run game in every game. It's like if you go up 7 nothing on the Bills, you could you could have three down linemen yeah. and they just won't run the ball. It's it's like not beneficial way to play football. Um, and then again, you look outside of Stephon Diggs, who Stephon Diggs did nothing in this game, 4 for 35. Dawson Knox is your leading receiver, 5 for 65. Uh, Khalil Shakir, four, 2 for 40. I mean, like, what What are we even doing here? It's like you have a Josh Allen who, look, no one's going to say sell Josh Allen short of being incredible. He's an unbelievable quarterback. He deserves to be in the top five, if not the top three quarterbacks in the league. But he can only do so much. I mean, you take all the weapons away from Patrick Mahomes, and only he can do so much as well. It's just how quarterbacking works. I know, but they didn't like they didn't lose anything though. They just sit, they never had a running game. But that's what I'm saying. Like I think that you they never had a running game. You're right. But I think that even on the outside, their their secondary weapons behind Diggs definitely came into question. When you're playing on the highest level against the highest level teams and the best defenses, you need your guys to step up. Gabe Davis, where's Gabe Davis? Nowhere to be found. Last year, yeah. he, I, or don't a couple they, of years ago, I think he had a four-touchdown uh, game in the playoffs. Don't they call him Playoff Gabe? Isn't that what he what he's called? Yeah, he he had a four-touchdown game in the playoffs. Yeah, he so, didn't yeah, have a fourth of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're having. I mean, Naheem Hines, who they they traded for. I thought he could have been a weapon that they could use. I thought he was going to be their lead back at one point, or even just like a Jarek mm-hmm. McKinnon, like the Chiefs use. Uh, but enough about the, how bad the Bills are. Joe Burrow is him. Yeah. No, he is. And this, I mean, talk about guys. I mean, T. Higgins didn't have that much of a game, but you, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, all obviously Jamar Chase, but all of them could make the argument to be the wide receiver one on a team. Those are those are three weapons there that it's kind of undersung in, in, a, in a wide receiver yeah. core. Yeah, I took that uh, Jamar Chase anytime touchdown boost, and before I even knew the game was on, I had a notification that I that I hit. Yeah, they, I mean, they were picking apart this Bills defense really, really, really bad. Um, Joe Burrow, 23 of 36, 242 yard, two touchdowns. And here's the most important thing. He only got sacked once. Yeah, which is a, a rarity. Right, and what's what's the question going into this game? Yeah, well, I was going to say, what's the question going into this game? You know, the, the Bengals O-line is hurt. The Bengals O-line is this. He doesn't have an O-line. Joe Burrow's always getting hit. Joe Burrow doesn't get hit. He's picking you apart. He's pick, um, not you. He's picking anyone apart in my mind. That's why I think. I mean, I'm on. I don't want to give my hand, but I think I like the Bengals this week because I, I think they, he's going to pick apart this Chiefs defense and Mahomes' injury to his leg is going to definitely limit him, even to the smallest extent. Um, but I, I don't know. How did you feel about this outcome? I was, to be honest, I was quite well, stunned. I, I could be wrong, but I thought that you and I were both. On the Bengals, not that we loved them, but were were we not both on Cincinnati to win? So we not to win, but I was I was definitely on. I think my what I said was I think the Bengals cover but don't win. Okay, is was was what I was saying. So I I was predicting a close game, but like when I say stunned, I mean stunned in the fact that it was a two possession game at home. They lost and didn't put up any points. Yeah. I did not foresee that coming. I mean, I, I, I foresaw the the Bills playing a close game. Yeah. Isn't it just so, like, 
I love to just look, like watch football with snow on the field. There's just uh, there's something about it, but we we do have bigger uh, fish to fry. So let's get into that Sunday night game. The last game of the week, the 49ers, honestly, the 19 to 12. If you had the correct score of this game, that would have been a wild bet. Um, look, this was a this was a tight game. I think that the 49ers definitely uh, showed something here. But I, I think at the same time, you know, putting up 19 points against a good defense like Dallas. And then now you got to go play the Eagles, who I think have a better defense than Dallas. I it's going to be on the road. It's a tough matchup for the 49ers this week, for sure. Uh, it, just a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about – I think the Cowboys definitely need a little deeper dive. Uh, I don't want to get into, you know, Cowboys and Dak and Jerry Jones right now. I really want to get to the Jets and our picks coming up because we got Bobby waiting for us. So uh, all I'll say is if you're a Cowboy fan, this is a huge disappointment, and I can see the Cowboys – uh, shaking things up, whether that be a coach, whether that be Dak, uh, who I think is a little undersung. Yeah, they're used yeah, to it. I, I guess, but like, I don't know. I mean, Zeke, Zeke does nothing. Tony Pollard hurt in this game, has to require surgery. He hopes to be back by training camp, but that could be another piece that, ha- you know, slowly has to come back. But again, I think, I think the Cowboys are one of the teams that we're going to have to definitely look closely at this off season on many assets of the game. But, um, Let's get to Bobby. Bobby's waiting. We got some Jets to talk about. And more importantly, we have our picks to make. So bring in Bobby. Well, guys, peeling back the curtain a little bit here. We had a whole Jet segment recorded had Bobby on. Uh, we're still going to have some parts in with Bobby, but uh, a huge hire on the jet front that we could not go without posting or speaking about. Nathaniel Hackett hired as the Jets offensive coordinator. You might not know who he is. You probably do know who he is, but what you don't, I guess, and now what you probably read all over Twitter is his links to Aaron Rodgers has to be at the forefront of all Jet fans' mind. And uh, Matt, I mean, we've been debating this subject. It's been a hot button topic in our group chats for, you know, since it, the minute it happened, uh, how we feel about it. We definitely need to discuss it. Uh, I'll let you open with how you feel about it. What, do you think this is directly tied to getting Aaron Rodgers? Do you think this is just them saying we want a guy with head coach experience? Where are you at with this? Well, I would hope that it's not directly tied to Aaron Rodgers, meaning I believe two things. I believe that they made this hire with Aaron Rodgers in mind, and maybe this hire doesn't happen if you're not looking for Aaron Rodgers. But I also believe that they had to have liked him to make the hire. There's just, as much as I don't put a lot of faith in the Jets, I, I would have to think that they like Nathaniel Hackett. Now, what everyone likes to say all the time is, oh, well, Jet fans who hate this hire, that that's lazy. Just because he was a bad head coach doesn't mean he's not a great coordinator. Okay, well, I think that that thinking is lazy. Now, listen, I'm not going to kill this hire. He's never failed as a coordinator before. But when you look at when he was in Green Bay, when, when he kind of rode those back-to-back MVPs from Aaron Rodgers, um, he wasn't calling the plays. Matt LaFleur was. And then he goes over to Denver, and he's the primary play caller until he's relieved of play-calling duties. So... 
again, I'm not going to kill the hire before he even gets to step into the building, but I, I do think there's, you know, uh, there's reason to be a little bit concerned coming in. Um, but, like, you would agree with what I said, yes. Like, it, this has to be tied to Aaron Rodgers in some way, but they have to have also liked Nathan- Nathaniel Hackett. Well, yes, uh, that's kind of been my sentiment the entire time. And uh, I think that, Robert, to me, this comes off as, first of all, apparently they they interviewed like 25 different guys for the offensive coordinator position. So it wasn't like, you know, they interviewed two guys and said, hey, yeah, this is our guy. Like, it wasn't like a predetermined notion that Nathaniel Hackett was going to be the guy. So that's one, because if that was the case, I'd be a little more weary on this. Two, I think that Robert Sala probably, you know, the way the Jets approached the you know, this, this, this regime's, I guess, previous, uh, I guess, structure was they had a lot of young guys who were up and coming and thought of very highly around the league and guys like LaFleur and Sala. And they took a, took a stab at it, you know, Wink, uh, what's call it? Not Wink Martindale, thinking of the Giants, but just having a guy with head coach experience that's not your head coach is never, there's, I don't think that there's a downside to that really. I mean, like you, if you want to go even the furthest into it, we debated on this show about, you know, will Robert Sala make it through this offseason? I mean, think about it. If Robert Sala, if the Jets get off to a bad start next year, which, you know, I don't think a lot of Jet fans foresee them doing, given their, you know, uh, impending quarterback situation. But even if you, you have to fire uh, Sala now, you kind of have a guy there who can kind of hold it together a little bit. That's a, that's a total aside, but um, I don't think that this is... Nathaniel Hackett brought Blake Bortles to the AFC Championship. And I think that that's an accomplishment. And I know we've been weary on what he did in Denver, but at the same time, we were weary on just Denver, period, regardless of who the name is that we want to, you know, throw under the fire. Uh, but, look, I think that this is this is a good hire. I think he's a he's a he's definitely a people around the league. Not only Rodgers respect him, uh, people speak very highly of him. Uh, who is it that Kay was texting with yesterday? Doug Marone, uh, who is a former coach in Jacksonville. Um, that it was spoke very highly of of Hackett. And look, if just looking at this from an X's and O's point of view, he's known for the West Coast offense. Uh, it's clearly an, an offense that's very prevalent and popular in the NFL today. And in an offensive league, I think it's good to have a guy who not only has experience, but has experience with an offense that a lot of people speak highly of. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And I also think that coming off of his campaign in Denver, I mean, you remember down the stretch of this season for the Jets where uh, Sala and company just kind of kept drilling into our heads. Like, listen, we're not giving up on Wilson. We're not blah, blah, blah. You would have to think that Hackett is coming into the situation being told, like, listen, Zach Wilson's not going to be your option at quarterback this year. Because why would he take – and, again, I don't know who he's interviewed for or who's interested, but coming off of just a catastrophe in Denver, I I don't think he takes this Jet job if he's told there's a good chance Zach Wilson is your quarterback. So – uh, I, I think that makes me a little more excited about the Aaron Rodgers front. But uh, even if it's not him, no, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to kill the hire. I think it's, um, you know, like you said, when they when they do their due diligence and they, you know, interviewed over 20, and I don't know the truth to this, and they said they just kept circling back to Hackett. So I guess that's a good sign. And there's also a chance that maybe Denver just wasn't any good. Yeah, well, that's so, what so I was maybe saying. Maybe it didn't matter what, what plays he called. Like maybe Russell Wilson just wasn't going to figure it out no matter who was there. Yeah, that I, I couldn't agree more. And but also too, like you, what you said about him, you know, him coming here and not like he he's not going to come here. And the Jets probably said, "Hey, we we're gonna we're gonna drill Zach Wilson into you." 
you know, there were so many open opportunities across the NFL this year. Like he's a, he's a former head coach. You know how the NFL works. It's just a big recycling system. I think he takes this with an inkling that he's going to have a really good opportunity with a really good offense. Not only Brees Hall, not only Garrett Wilson, uh, not only, you know, probably a mid round pick if you don't trade it. Uh, but you know, you're probably going to get a guy here who's going to be an above average to average at the worst quarterback. Um, so look, I think if you're a Jeff fan, you have to be positive about this. I don't think I think people that are negative, like you said, it's just a weak, it's just a weak take. I mean, to, let's if also too, just the fact of every time I feel like the Jets hire someone, there's like half the fa- everyone in the fan base is split. When was the last time the Jets hired someone where everyone got behind him? I can't no. remember one. No. no, whether it's a free agent, a coach, a coordinator. There's always going to be some people. The best thing I've ever learned in life is you can't make everyone happy. And yeah. I think that, you know, if this is the, if the Jets, if this goes, if they don't get Rodgers and they end up with like, I guess, a consolation prize, a like quote unquote of Carr or Garoppolo, it seems like at this point, I mean, it doesn't, we spoke to Bobby a little bit, again, peeling back the curtain. We had a whole segment about quarterbacks. We're going to, we're going to parse through it and see what fits here. But um, I mean, how do you, it has to be, it has to be something that for LaFleur, um, Hackett to come here and really like feel good about this job, especially in New York yeah. too. It's like a lot of guys in general are just weary of being, you know, in New York with all the criticism and all the media that kind of adds to the, to our point of that, you know, there's gotta be some inkling here that things are going to be good to, if not great. Yeah. So since we're peeling back the curtain, I'm going to ask you what I asked you uh, prior uh, keeping everything in play, what you're going to have to give up, how long you might be able to hang on to this quarterback. Um, if I gave you the three options of Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Derek Carr, I'm going to leave Lamar Jackson out because I think that's all of our one, and um, I don't think he makes it out of Baltimore. So Rodgers, Carr, Garoppolo, keeping everything in play, ranked. just give me your one through three of most coveted to least coveted. Uh, well, I'd have to put Rod. It'd have to be, to me, it's Rodgers, Garoppolo Carr. I'm kind of talking myself out of Carr. Uh, uh, yeah. Rodgers won. Aside from the talent, I do have some skepticism about Rodgers and how he would handle the New York media. I've even heard people like, I don't necessarily believe this to a full extent, but you know, does Rodgers want to come to New York where he has the biggest media outlet to to kind of push his opinions? I guess you could say. I've heard that stance. It's you know, it's possible he's a nozzle like that. I think I know he's you're one of your your guys, but. I think you and I can both agree that he's a nozzle at some at some points. If they win games, he could be a nozzle all he wants. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of what I I agree, and I think that you know what I don't want to see happen is, or what I could foresee happening in the most jet way is we get Rodgers, and you know let's say that we we start the season like you know two and three or if you know one and one and two, and and then all of a sudden it's like. The, it feels like it's the media versus Rodgers, and now all of a sudden he's got to be on the de- the defense on his on his heels the entire time he's here. Look, if you get Aaron Rodgers, I don't think anyone in your fan base is going to be quote unquote upset. You know mm-hmm. that, and again, not not that you're again can't please everyone. There's obviously going to be some people. We hear it on we heard it all week on uh, talk radio about people saying, "Oh, I don't want him." Blah blah blah. This he's he's talks about this and he wasn't even this good this year and he get gets her and he hasn't done anything in a while, blah, blah, blah. I like successfully. Um, look, I think Jimmy Garoppolo for my number two, I just think that that 
that approach would be get Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's get some get some weapons around him, and then tell Jimmy Garoppolo, look, just don't make mistakes. And cause if if we didn't make mistakes this year, and we didn't have shitty quarterback play this year, we'd be in the playoffs. So if you can do if you can do average quarterback play, which I think Jimmy Garoppolo is is capable of doing more. I'm actually kind of high on Jimmy Garoppolo just as a player in general. Um, I'm for Jimmy Garoppolo. Derek Carr, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't hate it. Again, anything is an upgrade. It's really tough for a Jet fan to sit here and say that, you know, I, oh, I don't want Derek Carr. I'd rather just stick with Wilson or I'd rather stick with, you know, Joe Free Agent. Uh, but to me, he's just too much. He, I don't know. He doesn't fit, like, really what I think the Jets' offense should be. Like, he's just, just watching he's just him. A little in, too, he's a little too reckless. Yeah, and, and look, point blank, what, what do we say about uh, Josh Allen? What happened to him at the end? He got gets too reckless with the ball sometimes. Those those red zone turnovers. You can be you can have the greatest roster. Diggs is a top three, uh, a top five, if not top three, if not top one receiver in the league, and and you're getting reckless with the ball when you have a guy like that. Like, and then you got Diggs complaint. I mean, it, it's just uh, I think that reckless quarterback play is very very hit or miss, and I think that that's what Derek Carr brings. And I don't know if that's what the Jets need. Yeah, no, that's fair. I. I... I don't know. Really, I think I, Carr and Garoppolo are interchangeable for me. But I really, I hear what you're saying about Garoppolo just kind of being a better fit for a team like this. Just kind of move the ball, get it out of your hands, and let's play great defense. And I know, I know, Sal is more of a defensive guy and was a defensive guy in San Francisco. But there are those ties too. I think it just makes sense there. I mean, uh, what I will say about Rodgers though is, uh, I'm like, if I had to like really pick a team for Rodgers to go to, even with the Hackett hire, I still think he wants to play with Devonte Adams in Vegas again. I yeah. really do. And not only do I think he does, I think the NFL does to be honest, just as yeah. a, as a whole conglomerate. I, yeah. And I mentioned this, um, when we spoke earlier on the, uh, the lost episode. So uh, the reason I really like Rogers to Vegas is just because of how complicated this thing is where Rogers can't land anywhere until June 1st. So the Raiders are already done with car. They've already, they've already cut ties there. So, the Jets don't have the luxury of hanging around until June for a maybe. So maybe the Jets wind up with the Garoppolo or Carr before that date, and then Rodgers gets to go to Vegas, where he probably wants to go, if we're being honest. So I agree. that, that kind of adds that it adds a wrinkle, where the Jets don't really... Now, not that the Raiders have that luxury either, but Carr's off the table for them, and he's on the table for the Jets. So I, I hear what you're saying, but... We see all the time that trades are agreed to in principle, no? I guess, but I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is kind of a snake. Well, that's for, I mean, the most the most jet thing ever would have them to agree to something in principle and then him flip the script and say, no, you know what, yeah. I want to go to Vegas. Yeah, like Bill Belichick did. Yeah, it, it's happened before, so wouldn't wouldn't yeah. be stunning. Um, I don't I don't really have too much more to say about this. I, I know we have like our our uh, our I guess. Could be final picks. I could be dead in the water here, honestly, just mathematically. But uh, anything else you wanted to add about anything, any other takes you've seen or anything you wanted to add to the Hackett hire before we wrap this up? No, no, I don't think so. I, I just think, Jeff, Van, just just go into it positively. Let, let's not j- – just don't harp. Don't beat yourself up. It's it's getting old. Yeah, and it's – and I think, like, what's going to – what I think a nightmare scenario for the Jets is them – obviously, they've got Hackett now. He's – signed and official, but them getting Hackett and not getting Rodgers is a nightmare scenario for the Jets. But to be honest, I don't think like, even if you grade Hackett's higher, if you don't get, if you don't get Rodgers, Hackett's higher is probably like a 
C plus, B minus higher. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. Like you could no. it could have another Adam Gase kind of guy. <laughs> no, and there's there's a chance that maybe LaFour wasn't even that bad. It's just get get a quarterback in here and then and then we'll start to judge these guys. Yeah, and look, just just for what we say about in the simplest form, football is a quarterback game. And we say it all the time. It's really difficult to win without a comp a competent to to average quarterback in the NFL. Um, I don't know. I've I one thing I wanted to mention before we wrap this this part up. What do you think about like Rodgers to Tennessee? I've heard that kind of in the in the whispers of the NFL. Well, yeah, because he because he bought that house a couple years ago down in uh, Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't really I don't really buy all buy into too I, much I've, of that. I think if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I have. Vegas, New York, and Tennessee on the table. I think I'd kill Tennessee. Probably. I think I. I think I agree too. But just Vegas scares me. Let, let's see. Like I want to see Vegas like try and make a move somewhere. Maybe like, I mean, like if they release. I don't really even understand that situation with Carr. Can you explain that? Do you know that better than me about like cutting him versus trading him? No. I. It's kind of strange because is he right now on the roster and they've kind of already said their goodbyes. I don't really know how. Maybe they just don't even know what they're doing with him yet. Maybe he still could be traded. No, is that? I th- I think that there's some sort of salary uh, incentive, or there's like benefit to them cutting him. Whereas I think it's like if he's on if if he's something to the extent that like they'd have to pay like part of his salary if they if they trade him. Whereas if they cut him, they only have right. to pay a certain so, extent. I'm not sure. Right, so they, they probably so they probably get out of more money. Had they just caught him, I, I'm not really positive, but because I, I guess they'd have to pay the salary of whoever picks him up. Yeah, I th- I think that's right. I I think if they, yeah, I think if they cut him, they that they only have to pay him like next year. But I think if they trade him, he, I think they have to pick up like a, a future year or something like that. So uh, I again, I'll, I'll have to dig up more about that. I'll probably post that to the uh, the situation to the Twitter. I mean, uh, to our Instagram. But um, yeah, I'm. I have nothing else more to say. I think I think Jeff fans should kind of, at the worst, this doesn't hurt your chances at Rodgers. That's how I've been looking at it, and I think that's how Jeff fans should feel. Yep, I agree. So, all right, well, let's get into uh, the part of the lost episode that will not be lost, and that is our f- could-be final NFL picks for this year. All right, so it's about time to go around the league here. I wanted to address our competition. The score sits right now 4-2 to two, me. Um, the uh, 49ers pulled that out for me last week, which was nice. So um, we've submitted our picks to Bobby um, just so there was no, you know, just trying to pick against each other to gain ground or anything like that. So I'm going to ask Bobby for our picks, and he'll uh, – He'll present them, but we did add a wrinkle this week. You could either pick a game for two points and a game for one, as we've been doing, or you could pick one game for three points. I don't think that made sense for me, but for Sam, it might. Um, all right, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and give the picks that we've submitted? Give McFeely's picks first. Okay, so we're going to start with match picks. And in the NFC Championship, he has the 49ers going over the Eagles for his one-point play. And that is plus two and a half? Sam, I see you fist-pumping. Yeah, yeah, that was a big fist-pump for me. Yes, 49ers plus two and a half. It's moving day. 
I actually really I if I had to pick this okay. one, I would agree with Matt. Honestly, I like the 49ers. So just the way they've been playing, I think the defense. I think everyone is going to be on the Eagles going into this one, which is fair. But I think it's a lot closer than it's being given credit for. And then in the AFC side of the bracket, he has for his two point play, he has Cincinnati minus two and a half over the Chiefs. Okay, so very interesting picks there, Matt. Uh, can I can I can I guess Sam's pick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I kind of just gave it away. He he took yeah, he the did. Bengals for three points, didn't he? No. He oh no, I did not. Yeah. Nope. No, 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 it did not. Okay, you, you're on the Chiefs. All right. No, I did no, not. Okay, go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> and then for Sam's pick, singular, he has the Eagles going over. On the NFC side for his three-point play. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles, baby. Right. Let's go. Look, let me t- I'll say this about right, that so game. You got, you got... The, the, I don't think the Giants are as bad as they looked against the Eagles. I think the Eagles are just phenomenal. I, I, re- I really think they're just phenomenal. And this is, this is where I'm going to – I'll lay my hat down here. If Brock Purdy goes to this Philly team – Go, or goes into Philly and beats this Philly team, I'll be floored. Uh, he, he, there would be no way he's losing the Super Bowl at that point. Because he's then, because that this is like, this is the test right. of like who Brock Purdy really is. So look, so we can end up in, we have a, an interesting score going to the Super Bowl if the Eagles win. Very interesting score for our yeah. uh, final Jeopardy yeah. style Super Bowl but, pick. But if they don't, if they don't, then it's dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. You're cooked. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. I'm almost rooting for the Eagles now because I don't want to. I don't want to see you go down like that. <laughs> I, I see. I thought you were gonna pick. Uh, which call? I thought you were gonna put three points on the 49ers. To be honest. No. No. I. Th- I mean, I feel like you're. You love the 49ers. Yeah, they're my one point play. Not as much as I love. Uh, well, Bobby. So what? What if? So, Bobby, you said that. What would be your picks this week? Uh, if I had a th- if three points to allocate, I'd probably go. If, for this style, honestly, I'm going three on the Chiefs plus two and a half. Wow. Yeah. Wait, so you don't you don't care about Mahomes' leg, do you? No, I don't care yeah. at all. I think wow. the way that they ran the ball this past weekend, like they just have like they, they this is a different Chiefs team that we've seen because now they have that wrinkle. They never really had that wrinkle where they could. Just hand it off to Isaiah Pacheco and get eight. 10 Ruck, Rucker's off. native. Shout Rucker's out, legend, Ruck, yes. shout out, uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Um. Wow. So, I think. Look, I'll I'll say this. Also, I think that this is. These are the four best teams in the NFL, and the the fifth best team is the Bills. And I think that just naturally there had to be an odd man out. And the Bills are just the odd man out. I think that's it. I think these are the top five, and there is a there's a gap between five and six. I, I agree yeah. with you, Sam. I just think that there's such like a flawed way that the Bills have like constructed their roster. Like yes, I think in January you have to be able to play defense. You have to be able to run the ball at least a little bit to get like the just a small threat. Like I said, the Chiefs have now, and they just have they don't have either really. Yeah, well, we, Matt and I spoke about this on the last pod, but uh, I we went over the running back total carries. And, like, teams in the playoffs just kind of have been, especially, I guess, two weeks ago now, they just abandoned the run game. I mean, they even Saquon Barkley, who is an absolute 
bona fide stud is getting nine carries in a playoff game. I mean, like, what is that? If I'm if I'm at the Giants and I see Saquon Barkley in the backfield, I'm giving it to him at least at the least 15 times a game. I agree with you. So I agree, and I think you're right about the Chiefs and the emergence of Pacheco. And I mean, look at look at these teams. Miles Sanders has had a, a comeback year. Christian McCaffrey acquired at the at the trade deadline has totally made the 49ers a, clearly a contender. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon's a stud. Uh, who am I missing out? And then we just mentioned Pacheco, who has emerged to be a stud, as well as not only Pacheco but Jarek McKinnon is a weapon in that yeah. Chiefs offense. Not it's necessarily as a passer. I mean, uh, as a rusher, but. Uh, just another weapon out of the backfield. And I think that's definitely something to be said about, uh, and hey, we're all Jet fans. Look what the Brees Hall injury did to the Jets offense. Right? So, point blank. So, all right, we have an interesting weekend ahead of us. Uh, Matt, I wish you the best of luck. I am obviously rooting for the Eagles personally for my points, but I'm also rooting for the Eagles for just the nature of competition and the fact that I want to have a meaningful pick in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I I really really like the Bengals. I'm surprised at, at what Bobby said. I, I just I'm, I'm putting a lot of stock into that ankle of Pat Mahomes. I mean, if he can't run around, I th- I think I am too. I didn't give a lean on that game, but I think if I had a lean that game, I would pick the Bengals as well. But but more so for the fact that the the style that they run, I'm I'm suspicious on the Chiefs defense. I've always been suspicious on the Chiefs defense. I'm not just because this year I think it's like. Like I said about their run game, it's different this year. I think their defense is entirely different, too. Like, they're very opportunistic. They create a lot of turnovers. I think it starts up front with Chris Jones. They got a few guys that can get after the passer. You're right, but I'm, when I say suspicious on the Chiefs' defense, I mean, like, relatively. Like, yeah. I think they're – to me, they're, their defense is very, very kind of similar to the Bills, but they just have a much better, more efficient offense, and they, they turn the ball over more than the Bills do or have. Also, I will not be surprised in the slightest if Eli Apple gets absolutely torched this week after what's been going on on Twitter. Can we talk about that? Because I, I don't know yeah. if I think I shared the tweet in our chat, but or whatever. Who was it? Uh, I think it was uh, Sauce Gardner tweeted. He said, Eli Apple is the Pat Bev of the NFL. And I thought that was so funny. Um, uh, Eli Apple, giant legend, man. I Truly. Giant fans. If you're a giant fan, do you root for the guy? <laughs> I don't think they do, honestly. I don't think they do either. But, like, it's a weird little conundrum, I think. Uh, I root for him because he won. All right, Bobby. Thank you for uh... – that's an aside. But, uh, um, Bobby, thank you for holding our picks hostage and uh, obviously talking Jets with us. Um, Great weekend of football ahead of us. Um, We'll be back probably early next week. We've been doing one episode a week just because – really not too much news. I mean, we could do a full podcast about Scott Rowland making it to the Hall of Fame. I don't know if our listeners would really like that too much, but uh, we'll be back next week, talk about this. We'll definitely preview the Super Bowl. There's, I mean, any week now, the Jets can make a trade for Jimmy, uh, not Jimmy G, for Derek Carr. So we could have that news. Obviously, like Matt said before, we have news coming out always about the Jet quarterback or lack thereof. So can stay I just tuned say for right that. Now, before you uh, Go ahead. wrap this up, I want to yep. say – that I'm willing to give my kidney for Lamar Jackson. See, Matt Matt wrote him off too. All right, now we're not going to close this off because I think we have to revisit this. Matt wrote off Lamar Jackson too. That's kind of the guy I want, to be honest. I to well, me, all things Lamar considered, bust. I, honestly. But like all things considered, even the price, even everything else, everything, everything included. considered, that's the guy I want. 
agree. No, me too. I yeah, just age don't think all that going anywhere. Neither do I. But yeah, I okay. That. I mean, I, if all right. So let's put let's put to wrap this up. Let's put percent chances on the Jet quarterback. Let, give me. I'm going to say a percentage that I have in my mind, and tell me if you guys are over or under that percent. Okay. Okay. Lamar Jackson, ten percent. Under. Under. Okay. Derek Carr, twenty five percent. Over. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. Thirty percent. Under. Over. Really? Yeah, because I if it's not gonna be wrong. What's your what's your reasoning for that? I think okay. it's a very high chance of being Carr. I'd probably put Carr like 80, honestly. Wow. Okay. So now Aaron Rodgers, I'll, I'm going to make this interesting, 50%. Under. Under, but I'm going to say over just because I'm a fanboy. That A fanboy you are. Well... It'll, it'll be interesting to see going forward, definitely. Um, as always, Bobby, thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, and we'll be back next week. Uh, go Birds, I guess. Get up.